Welcome. Welcome. Welcome back, or welcome for the first time. For the first time, and back. And back, <laughs> and to infinity and beyond. <laughs> this is Murder Mystery. I'm Andrew. And I'm Katie. And we suck at introducing ourselves. Yes, but we're doing better. We're moving up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> moving on up. Last week, if you listened to us, we once again reformatted because that is our brand i think just being able to reformat really well yeah and then do it again <laughs> <laughs> we're ever changing and we're yes. evolving Metamorphosis. just like uh mythology and hillary duff yep just like hillary duff just like hillary duff so yes if uh you're joining us for the first time we talk about mythology murder within mythology folklore all sorts of Creatures. Creatures, creepy crawlies. This week... (laughs) This week we are in Sweden. Sweden! Sweden, and we paired this... uh, I always say that we paired this cocktail. (laughs) I don't know why every time. Just want to get to the cocktail. We paired this cocktail. (laughs) So uh, the cocktail this week is the Swedish polar bear from food.com. And I keep wanting to call it the Swedish blue whale because it's fucking bright ass blue. But it's fucking delicious. It is. Um, So it's two ounces vodka, one ounce blue curacao, and topped with Sprite. This is my little insider secret because I didn't like the way that tasted on its own. So I added some... Fruit punch, Capri Sun, <laughs> and lemon juice. Oh. And I like the way it turned out. I really do like the way it turned out because I didn't know what it tasted like before that. It was it was very one-noted to give my professional chopped opinion. <laughs> the the best the best part of being able to record in the same room is that I don't have to worry about like trying to hunt down Yes, I can just present you with the cocktail. And you're like, ooh, okay. We're going to roll with it. He was pleasantly surprised today. Yes. Very pleasantly surprised. It tastes like an otter pop. Yep, otter pop. pop. One of those (laughs) tubular popsicles that you buy liquefied and you freeze them. That's right. I almost got a pack of those. So, oh, yes, and our toast. Many of us have heard skull, like when people are like skull. But apparently oh. there's like a whole thing, like a, I don't know, a ritual, I guess you would say. I took this from some website that I didn't know. <laughs> but it says, the proposer of the toast engages the eye of the person being toasted, and skull is said. A slight bow of the be- a bow of the head and a twinkle of the eye, which I don't know how to... I- Twinkle my eye on command. (laughs) Are you flirting with me? (laughs) And the aquavit is drained in one gulp. I'm guessing that means your cup, but that's very extra. Uh, If the drink is wine, a sip is taken. Don't tell me how to live my life. (laughs) Just before the glass is put back on the table, the eyes meet again, and there is another friendly nod. Okay, let's see. Skull. Skull. (laughs) Bow of the head. Twinkle in the eye. (laughs) As she sure, winks we at me. We can't drain this in one gulp. <laughs> Eyes meet again. <laughs> Friendly nod. <laughs> and, and scene. I feel like we did well. Nobody saw it, but it was great. <laughs> we did well. So there is like speculation on how this tradition <clears throat> began. According to NordicMuseum.org, some claim that the term has a root in the skulls of the vanquished from which oh. Viking warriors would drink to celebrate their victory. Which is a cool story, but it's not true. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> as cool as it sounds, it's not. It's not. It's tr- not, not fact. True story, bro. No. <laughs> Skål. That's our... Skål. Skål. And I'm going to sip on this Otter Pop cocktail while you tell me your story. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not so much a story, more of like a breakdown. Break it down now, y'all. Uh, so being in Sweden, it also means that I get to talk about Norse mythology. Yay! Uh, but in my research... And all the information that I got is from, and yes, I'm citing my source instead of Wikipedia. (laughs) I found this website called norse-mythology.org. Sounds legit. Yeah, it's it's a great resource and there's a lot of information and I learned more about the cosmology of Norse mythology than I ever thought was possible because Wikipedia does not have this much information. And you never know. It's like a gamble. Yeah. Like whether or not it's true. (laughs) So. I still donate to that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, I mean, granted, the cosmology of Norse mythology is pretty well, pretty well known as like a base Mm. generalized idea with like the nine realms and Yggdrasil and all that. It's very similar to like the Hungarian mythology where there's the tree and the three spheres and all that fun thing. If you don't know what the Nine Realms are, we have uh, Midgard, Asgard, Venaheim, uh, Jotunheim, Niflheim, Muspelheim, Alfheim, and Ninevellir. They also mention Svartalheim as the other name of Ninevellir, but apparently that was like totally made up because it was like during the Norse Christianity phase. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, and Hell. Which is funny because that's also the home of the goddess Hell. Oh. The goddess of death. Okay, I didn't realize her name was Hell. Yeah. Yep, Hell resides in Hell. Seems (laughs) like the appropriate place for her. (laughs) (laughs) I also found out that Hell is actually the daughter of Loki and a giantess. Interesting. Not the daughter of Odin, as the Marvel movies... Seemed portray. Portray, yeah. Well. Um, first off, we're going to start off with Midgard, or the realm of humans. Uh, Midgard is loosely translated into middle enclosure. Uh, this is in reference to where the realm sits on the world tree. The Norse believed that surrounding Midgard is Jotunheim, realm of the giants. Midgard is also the only visible world within this cosmology. Everything else is invisible. Uh, one thing I found is that since within the Norse regions of the world, they probably were mostly surrounded by water, uh, where giant sea creatures are, so this is probably like their explanation to make sense of their environment at the time. But I also feel like maybe the Norse may have believed the Earth was flat because of this. Yeah. Maybe they're the OG flat earthers. Um, I also didn't realize that Jonheim was like surrounding it. I thought it was like its own separate realm. Like it is still its own separate realm, but I thought that it was like not even close to Midgard. Hmm. So it was really interesting to read that it was like this thing that just surrounded the whole of Midgard. Us. The whole cuz we live in the Midgard. Yeah, we're in Midgard and then surrounding our world is Jotunheim. Okay. And that's where like the gods live. The giants. The giants. Okay. Yeah. So, just to go back, 
we did know, well, not we, but the ancient <laughs> Greek philosophers knew in like the third century BC that the earth was round, but that doesn't mean like word traveled and right. like, you know. Uh, so within the sea, though, there is believed to be a serpent named uh, Jormungand uh, that circles around Midgard, cool. like in the, in the sea. Does it yeah. protect us? Um, I think so much that it protects. I didn't see anything that indicates that it's a protective thing. It just is. Um, <laughs> we are going to touch more on uh, Jormungand's... Later. Later. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Get to it. Now, other giant creatures or beings called uh, Iger and Ron? Ran? Ron! Um, also called... <laughs> this... <laughs> Ran! Ron! <laughs> Too much to drink. <laughs> they also call the sea their home. They're actually giants. They're not just like creatures. Now, those who dare to venture out to sea would need to be cautious, since these, since these giants or Iger and Ran like to feed on seafarers. Um, <laughs> you could call it ancient Ubrites. <laughs> I thought it was funny when I wrote that. <laughs> I legit laughed at myself like, when I did it. <laughs> this joke's gonna kill. <laughs> womp womp. Uh, now, while Jotunheim surrounds Midgard, above Midgard is Asgard, the home of the gods and goddesses known as Iser, and below is the underworld Hell, so by calling Midgard the middle enclosure really does make sense as it really is in the middle of everything within Yggdrasil. Mm. Uh, to put it in perspective, imagine a giant-ass tree. At the base, you will find Midgard. In the branches is Asgard, and in the roots is Hell. And then surrounding Midgard in the open space is Jotunheim. The creation of Mid- Midgard, however, is definitely one for the books. The Iser gods slayed the giant Ymir, using the body parts to create the lands that humans live on. And since the gods wanted to keep Midgard safe from the rest of the giants... They used Ymir's eyebrows to build a type of fence around Midgard. They must look like Eugene Levy's eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. I, I would imagine they'd have to be some pretty... Pretty decent eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, I want to cover Alfheim. I mean, there really isn't much on Alfheim other than it is the home of the elves. Elves described to be... M- more beautiful than the sun. This could be an explanation of where sunlight comes from. Uh, the rest of the information that can be found about Alfheim is merely speculation, since it is mentioned in multiple other Germanic religions. Uh, the connection between those in North, Norse mythology is due to the lesser god Freyr being the ruler of Alfheim. Then we have Muspelheim. I was really surprised because this, this the website even had like broken down pronunciations, like phonetic nice. pronunciations. It was great. It was I like, thought oh. you were winging it. I was like, good for you. No, like this is what this is how they New spell Uh This is the home of the fire giants. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, while I was reading up on this one, something came to mind within the Marvel Cinematic Universe that really clicked. So anyone who has seen Thor Ragnarok knows that in the beginning of the movie you can see Thor in a fiery realm talking to a giant being that looks like it is comprised of fire and I couldn't help but be like oh my god 
That was Mr. Lame. Uh, I don't know why I didn't click before, because I didn't really know much about... See, I haven't seen Thor Ragnarok. Well, it's at the beginning, so it's okay. not spoiling much. So it's not spoiling <clears throat> anything. There's like a 30-minute threshold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's within the first 10 minutes. You spoiled the beginning for me, you bitch. Damn it! <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs> or at least uh, MCU's rendition of it. It also makes sense that would be important within that movie since in the old text this is the realm in which the fire giants leave to face off against the gods and goddesses during Ragnarok. Good job Marvel for having some facts incorporated within Thor's storyline. I would hope so. Yeah I mean it's 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 a pretty like immersive mythology and just from this information alone based on the cosmology alone like I'm like my head's spinning. Uh, now, earlier I did mention how the gods made Midgard by slaying Ymir and using his body. Uh, well, within the information I found for Muspelheim, it says that Ymir was made using fire from Muspelheim and ice from Niflheim. Ice from his Nipplehams. <laughs> Just want to make sure that I'm following you. <laughs> yes, his Nipplehams. <laughs> Uh, no mention of where this realm is in relation to Yggdrasil, though, so I can only assume that maybe it's above Jotunheim, Jotunheim along with Alfheim. Because it mentions something like, uh, it indicated that the realm is, like, near Asgard, so that's why I'm assuming it's, like, up there, but not actually part of the world tree. And since we mentioned it, we're going to talk about Niflheim, or... Nipplehames. Nipplehames. Uh, which, really enough, is called the World of Fog, even though that's where the ice giants come from. Hmm. Um, a few other details about this realm that I could find is that it is also the land of primordial darkness, mist, ice, and obviously the cold. I felt like it was a little bit redundant that it mentioned that it was also the land of cold. <laughs> when it's like the land of cold and ice, or the <laughs> land of fog and ice. And mist and mist. darkness. Misty. <laughs> Uh, and popsicles. And a pop. Ooh, speaking of popsicles. Otter pop. Skull. Skull. <laughs> Lastly, we have Nidavellir, or the Dark Fields, or also called Svartalfheim, homeland of the Dark Elves. Which, funny enough, it's the realm of the dwarves. These dwarves, like in any story about dwarves, are metal workers and make extravagant weapons and armor. And some of them are smoking hot. Yeah. And oh, then, in The Hobbit. Yes. And then oh, their yes, leader in The Hobbit. That guy is like, Whoo. Yes, please. I've seen it a million times yet. I'm like, I, my brain does not commit their names to memory. <laughs> I've only seen it once. Oh, I love The Hobbit movies. <laughs> Uh, since the dwarves are metal workers, they also would have to live underground, obviously. As you do. Mm-hmm. So the realm is believed to be a complex labyrinth of mines and forges where all the magic happens. It's where the magic happens. The magic. <laughs> the yes. cold, cold magic. <laughs> cold, dark. The dark caves. Remind me of the babe. <laughs> what babe? The babe with the power. What power? The power of voodoo. Who do? You do. <laughs> <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> we didn't even plan that. 
<laughs> now, with the concept of the dwarves being metalworkers, humans within Midgard who are craftsmen or metalworkers would ultimately build themselves elaborate and glorious halls. I'm assuming so they could showcase their work to attract more business. The prettier, hall, the, prettier the hall, the better the product, the more likely a king is going to be like, make me a sword. That's what I always say about my... Lady business. <laughs> the prettier the hall. <laughs> Some king is going to come along. What, gift me a sword? Is that gift, what you, gift you a sword. Gift me his sword. <laughs> this podcast took a weird turn. Q70s. <laughs> I don't know. I don't watch a lot of 70s porn anymore. <laughs> but if you know, you know. With that concludes the surface of Norse cosmology that we will cover this week. And next up, we have... Tune in next week. <laughs> well, the next time we hit up a, a, a you know, Norse region. Yeah, a Norse region. Yeah, because Norse mythology is, is not just within Sweden, it's within those Scandinavian countries. Yeah. So, And there's so much information that I honestly could talk for probably like three or four more hours about just the cosmology. Yeah, we'll spread that out Yeah, so I don't have to edit all that. Yeah. <laughs> all at once. <laughs> Segmented. Um, but we actually do have a creature corner. Woo! Creature corner. Creature corner. One of these days, I'm gonna break out my ukulele. We're gonna have a creature corner. Creature corner. <laughs> creature corner. And since we mentioned Jormungand in Midgard, yeah. we're also gonna we're gonna talk about about yeah. him. Oh, him. Yeah, we're <laughs> gonna talk about him. The snake. This is the snake. This is the okay. snake. It's sneaky snake. <laughs> Uh, so, Jormungand roughly translates to Great Beast. Ooh, uh, beast. Since we already know that uh, he lives in the sea surrounding Midgard, um, what we will learn is that he is one of Loki and Angerboda's giantess's children. So he's a brother of Hel. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, now, when I say he surrounds Midgard, that isn't saying he just swims around in the sea. No. He's like incredibly massive that he like encompasses the entire he is the perimeter (laughs) yes he's the perimeter maybe he was one of Ymir's eyebrows if you walk far enough across the flat earth you will hit a giant snake yes if you hit the giant snake you've gone too far yeah should have taken a left at Albuquerque (laughs) skull skull twinkle my eye (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's also mentioned that Thor and Jormungand are fated to kill each other during Ragnarok Um, Thor he has to kill his nephew (laughs) yeah he has to kill his nephew in fact uh, Thor tries to fish for Jormungand and uh, this was within the reading that just stuck out how does he find a fish big enough (laughs) Well, you know, I don't know. Just a whale. <laughs> but I guess he caught Jormungand and almost had him out of the water when another god, I can't remember who it said, um, cut the line. Because he was scared that it was going to cause Ragnarok. Oh, dang. Yeah. But, I mean, 
they're fated to kill each other in Ragnarok, so... Can't mess with fate. Nope. Oh, another thing about Ragnarok is that it's said that Midgard is going to sink into the sea during Ragnarok. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sit well with me. No. <laughs> Ragnarok also sounds like like Coachella, but for like metalheads. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think Ragnarok is also like a like a triathlon. Oh, is it? Yeah. My doctor has a bunch of like Ragnarok medals. Ragnarok and roll. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say when they cross the finish line. <laughs> oh yeah. Got that gotta get the like they even stopped to like put on a wig and just headbang. Yeah, that's part of it. That's the triathlon. <laughs> Headbanging, running. I don't know, rolling. I don't. Rolling. <laughs> uh, moshing. <laughs> <laughs> to pushing each other around. Yes, just shoving each other until everyone has a blackout. Got slipped not at the at the finish line. Just like whoever comes out uninjured is the winner. Yep. <laughs> The next one we have is land spirits. Obviously, they these are spirits. They're on, <laughs> on the land. Uh, but these spirits actually have considerable influence over everything. So they can either give out curses or even blessings to anyone and anything that lives among them. That's uh, nice. Or not nice. Like, <laughs> it depends. I mean, there is a cost to these curses and blessings. Um, since everything that lives with them can also provide the same in return to the spirits. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, it was, it's also, it was also mentioned that when, like, ships would come in, with, the moment they'd see land, they'd have to remove, like, the dragon skulls or whatever from the front of their boats as to not scare the land spirits. It's very considerate. It is. Uh, and lastly... We have Valkyries. Yeah, so the Valkyries are um, helping spirits. Okay. So they're specifically spirits that help Odin transport by like transporting like fallen soldier soldiers or battle fallen people to, like to Valhalla. Oh, um, okay. <clears throat> but they also have a dark side. Everybody's got a dark side. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Clarkson. <laughs> Clarkson. <laughs> they so Valkyrie is 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 means um, chooser of the fallen, but that also means that they also pick people that they want dead, Ooh. and they use like this malicious magic to make it happen. So if a Valkyrie wants you dead, you look good. You, kill you. will be dead. There is no way to avoid it. So that's that's Creature Corner. Creature Corner. Creature Corner. Ragnarok rock and roll. Ragnarok. Skull. Skull. And this is where I sit back. <laughs> well, I have a couple things to talk about today. <clears throat> uh, first, so we are drinking not the Swedish blue whale cocktail, <laughs> but the Swedish polar bear cocktail. But I want to tell you about another little Swedish cocktail. Oh. <laughs> so this is called Sweden Trunk, or the Swedish drink. 
And this was actually a form of torture used by Swedish marauders and mercenaries on German peasants during what? the Thirty Year War. <laughs> Sweden. Uh, yeah, Sweden. This is not okay. <laughs> I will. This is probably the worst thing that I've read. And this is one of my little, like, I guess, fun facts. Last week we had potatoes. This week we have the Swedish drink. So. Mercenaries were not paid very well, go figure, by their employers. So they were told that they were allowed to like rob anybody that they came across. So and they could use any form of torture they wanted and they could take their belongings. So they picked Sweden trunk and it is a mix of both animal and human feces <gasps> served boiling hot. And no. so yeah, and so the intention is to like burst their stomach lining. And, like, when the the victims can no longer consume it, they just, like, beat the shit out of them. Literally, like, that. <laughs> and it says, until they give over the, their valuables. You don't have to feed me shit. I, I will literally hand you everything I own. If, if you are able to eat that boiling hot feces garbage like uh, you're you must have some valuables yeah like, i am not that rich <laughs> <laughs> like i don't think there's enough money in the world <laughs> take it take it all i'll be a peasant now thank you <laughs> thank you i'm officially Actually, but poor. they were robbing peasants so oh, like well, i guess that makes sense like when you have nothing you really want to defend it so that's that <laughs> that's shitty yeah, that's a real <laughs> shitty thing you did there, Sweden. <laughs> but moving on from that <laughs> little tidbit. <laughs> so I decided that uh, since I do focus on like the darker folklore, that I'm going to name my seg- segment Fucked Up Folklore. <laughs> Fucked Up Folklore! So, <laughs> the first story begins long ago in a town called Dalland. Dalland was experiencing an epidemic can relate. Uh, Relatable. (laughs) Relatable. Uh, Many people were dying from disease. The people in the town didn't know what to do. This disease was wiping out their population, and those who hadn't yet gotten the virus or whatever it was, they were fleeing town to avoid it. Also understandable. I would probably, too. If it was just that one town, I'd be like, I'm out. (laughs) Peace, bro. So one day, a mysterious man from Finland wandered into town, and he offered his two cents about the disease and what to do to eradicate it. Did he actually offer, like, two cents? No. (laughs) Damn. He just mansplained that if you bury a living thing, the disease will be gone, which feels made up. But (laughs) they were like, all right, sounds legit. So they grabbed a live rooster and buried it alive. Oh. And go figure, this did not get rid of <laughs> the disease in their area. And apparently, I don't know what, like where their train of thought was because they were like, okay, we need to think bigger. It was because it wasn't big enough, so let's bury a goat. <laughs> and once again, the disease was not eradicated. Goat figure. Goat figure. (laughs) The townspeople didn't know what to do, so they dug an even bigger hole, and they thought the best thing they could do was sacrifice a human, because naturally that's the next... It goes rooster, goat, human. Rooster, goat, human. In that that exact... Everybody knows that. The gods are like, 
what level do you want? <laughs> a level three sacrifice? Okay, that's going to have to be a human. <laughs> you get what you pay for. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so <laughs> they put, they dig this big hole and they put a log by the hole. And this is so fucked up. I can't even <laughs> fucked up folklore. Fucked up folklore. So they find this little like homeless beggar boy. <gasps> I'm like crying and this is like folklore. I don't even know if it's true. So they offered him bread and butter and told him to go I'm PMSing. This should not be making me <laughs> oh my God. cry. Can confirm she's crying. I'm crying. Okay. <clears throat> they offered him bread and butter and told him to go enjoy it on the log by the hole. And while he was eating his snack, they pushed him into the hole. But this is the saddest part of the story. When he was pushed into the hole and they started shoveling dirt on him, he begged them to not get dirt on his butter. <gasps> no! <laughs> I'm like laugh crying because it's so horrible. All he cared about was getting a damn piece of bread. He just wanted a snack. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel so stupid crying about this. <laughs> I think it's because I'm also laughing and drinking simultaneously. Okay. Laugh through the pain. So, yeah, I'm just laughing through the tears. <laughs> like Sally Field and Steel Magnolia. Oh, no. Don't do that. So, okay. <clears throat> they ignored his pleas and buried Obviously. him alive. Fucking assholes. And it is unknown whether or not this actually got rid of the disease. I will add that. <laughs> But uh, the townspeople were forever haunted by the cries of the boy. And my cries. Ugh. I'm haunted too. I'm haunted. That was... You sweet summer child. So upsetting. We need to start having tissues in here. I know. I didn't think that was going to be necessary. What kind of homo am I? Not have tissues in my... In your homo... That! (laughs) In your homo abode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Tangent, we got our ring doorbell installed this last week. That's right. My husband installed it for you. Yeah. I helped. You did help. I did. I, I did a good job helping. <laughs> um, but I, I was setting it up, and it gave me an option to name the doorbell, and I named it the Homo Portal. I love that. <laughs> um, so this is the tale of... Kitta Grau. I don't know. Kitta Grau. If that's really how her name is pronounced. Does it involve a kid? No. Okay. And yeah, this isn't as sad as that last story. <laughs> I'd like to get the, the more intense stuff out of the way first. So Kitta Grau was a woman who was so straight up evil. Uh oh, is my laptop dying? Yes. Shit. This was a woman who was so straight up evil, she could recognize the face of the devil without ever meeting him. And when she finally did meet the devil, she greeted him with a, where have you been, old man? (gasps) Rude. Just like, no fucks given. And even the devil himself admits that, like, he's a little afraid of her. (laughs) (laughs) So, she's intense. The devil tells Kittigrau that he recently gave himself the project of trying to separate a newly married couple, but had been unsuccessful in his attempts because the couple had a love that was impenetrable. Giggity. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good enough reason to use the word penetrate. 
Kidder thought this was hilarious and that breaking up a couple was child's play. And he was like, all right, in exchange for breaking up this marriage, I will gift you a new fabulous pair of shoes. And she was like, bet. (laughs) Ooh, shoes. (laughs) Kitty Grouse sets off to destroy this marriage for a pair of shoes. Her price is low, too. That's how evil she is. She's like, I don't even care. I'll just do it. She finds the young wife and speaks with her. She tells her that although her husband is wonderful, there is still some evil within him that Kitta can see. The young woman disagreed. She loves her husband very deeply, and she says he grants her every wish that she has. Kitta insists, nope, like he's super great, but there's still this little bit of evil in him, and this evil is stored in some hairs under his chin. Oh. Where you keep your evil. <laughs> Damn, I must be really evil. <laughs> not evil at all <laughs> yet <laughs> i am italian so give it like 10 years Bet. full beard Bet. <laughs> so she tells the young wife that while he's sleeping just simply cut off these hairs and he will 100 percent 100 percent be the greatest husband ever shave his face cool <laughs> the wife is skeptical but since cutting some hairs is like not that big of a deal she's like all right it's worth a shot have a 100% perfect husband. <laughs> cool, <So> bro. She, <laughs> cool, all right. So she agrees to cut the hairs off during his nap. Kid is like, cool, you do that. And she leaves. <laughs> then she goes and finds the husband. And she's like, yo, dude, your wife, she's great. There's just this one problem. She told me that she plans to slice your throat during your nap <gasps> today. <laughs> do not go to sleep. And then she leaves him. The husband's like, yeah, okay, like, you crazy lady, I don't even know, like, who are you, and... Oh, kid a growl. (laughs) Yeah, he's all like, crazy lady. And he bebops home. Uh, While he's eating his food and preparing for his afternoon nap, he starts to wonder if there's any truth to what Kidda said. He decided to lay down and pretend to be asleep. Minutes later, he opens his eyes to find his wife coming at him with his shaving equipment. He jumped up and asks her, are you going to murder me? She, of course, said, no, I'm just going to shave your hairs. I just want to shave. I'm going to shave the evil out of you. (laughs) (laughs) But this little event put a permanent damper in their marriage. Because, of course, he could never sleep again thinking that she was going to kill him. She probably thought he was, like, a little bit evil. (laughs) So Kitty Grau earned herself a pair of shoes that day. The devil was so impressed by Kitta's work, telling her that she is by far much worse than he is. (laughs) He still didn't trust her, though, so he gave her the shoes standing on the other side of a stream on a long pole. (laughs) And he was right not to trust her. (laughs) Kitta Growl then takes her fancy shoes, I'm assuming are like christian louboutins or something (laughs) they must be and she seeks out this merchant who previously made a deal with the devil and this deal was that whatever he bought from people he would be able to turn around and sell it within three weeks for a huge profit the catch was that seven seven years from the first sale the devil would be able to come for the merchant and he would be like his slave 
Mm-hmm. So Kitta comes in and tries to sell him these shoes, which at first he's like, no, I already have enough to deal with with the devil. He's already <laughs> fucking coming for me. I'm all right. I don't need to piss him off more. Uh, he tells her that like his contract's coming up soon. He's going to come kidnap me. The only way my contract can be broken is that if I can't sell something within three weeks, then like the spell is broken. But I've never had that issue, even if it's like complete garbage. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've tried selling I've garbage. I've tried to sell literal garbage, and I make millions. I can't help it. <laughs> Kidda was like, yo, I bet you couldn't sell me in three weeks. Buy me... And then we'll trick death. What a little bitch. Yes. So he buys her and then she tars and feathers herself. And then she gets inside this like glass cage almost. And they advertise (laughs) her as like an odd bird. (laughs) (laughs) So nobody wants this odd looking bird. Three weeks pass since he bought Kitta. And then the seventh anniversary comes as well. The devil comes in to see how it's going. The merchant tells him that he recently purchased something that was so horrible, no one wanted to purchase it, even with the whole guaranteed three-week sale policy. (laughs) The devil looks and sees Kitta all birded up. He he saw her and he was like, oh, hell no. Are you working with Kitta? And he's like, nope, I'm out. (laughs) He's just like, enjoy your life. (laughs) Peace, bro. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Well played. (laughs) And actually, the devil shows up in a lot of Swedish folklore. He, uh, one more story that I found really interesting was the origin story as to like why salt is in the ocean. Okay. And so it starts with two brothers. One is rich, one is poor. So already very unfair. Right. <laughs> the poor brother asks the rich brother if he can lend him some money for food for Christmas for him and his wife. The rich brother obliges and gives the brother a beautiful meal, but states that he's tired of his brother mooching off of him, and he needs to go do a deal with the devil next time. Rude. Like, geez, all right. Sorry I wanted food for Christmas. I didn't ask for an Xbox. Someone <laughs> get me kidda. wanted a fucking ham, thanks. <laughs> So he does get a gam, a gam, a ham. A <laughs> gam. He gets a, a good old leg to chew on. He goes to the devil and trades his ham for a mill, and this is a magical mill. The devil tells him that this mill can produce anything the man's heart desires, and he can stop and start it at will. An at will mill. <laughs> An at will mill. A mill at will. So he took the mill home, making a shitload of food, and this pissed off the rich brother because now his poor brother appeared to be more rich than him because he had food on command and he couldn't have that no not allowed let his brother just like have a win so he offered to buy the mill off of the poor brother for a large sum of sum of money the poor brother took the deal but deceitfully didn't tell the rich brother how to turn off the mill (laughs) (laughs) the brother started making food specifically herring and porridge and ended up flooding the entire town with it because he couldn't turn it off. So, <laughs> like, just fish and porridge everywhere. <laughs> he tried to return it to the poor brother, and the poor brother was like, sure, yeah, I'll take it off your hands if you pay me even more money. <laughs> I like the way he operates. It's <laughs> like, fuck me over again. <laughs> Come on, bro. Come at me, bro. (laughs) 
So a visiting merchant who captained a ship that carried salt heard about this mill, and he negotiated with the owner, buying it off of him. So this brother, he sold it to the merchant, once again, not telling him how to turn off the machine. I think this is like his plan. (laughs) I will turn a huge profit and I'll get to keep the mill. (laughs) The merchant started producing salt, but because it was like, well, he was producing it because it was extremely rare at the time and valuable, and he couldn't turn off the machine, obviously. (laughs) So eventually the salt production got out of control, sinking his ship and killing the captain. And to this day, it keeps producing salt, and that's why there's salt in the ocean. Oh. Yep. (laughs) How do you explain the salt flats? (laughs) Maybe that's where, like, the salt was originally, and then that's why it was so rare. Like, that's where they had to travel far to get some, and then... (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So, yeah, those are the stories. That was... (laughs) That was... Those are really good. I liked... I liked, uh... The kiddo one. (laughs) That's like... You you said kiddo. (laughs) (laughs) You thought I liked the story of the... I liked that one where the kid was kicked into a hole and his buttered bread was dirty. (laughs) I really liked that. (laughs) That's like the saddest thing I've ever had to write. (laughs) Just please don't get dirt on my bread. (laughs) Horrifying, Sweden. But I like Kid Agrao too. She's a boss. (laughs) She's like the level of petty that everyone aspires to be even the devil's like nope <laughs> the devil's like oh uh, no i don't cocktail. want you <laughs> that cocktail's so good i'm gonna poop blue for a week after this <laughs> i'm so sensitive to colored coloring <laughs> i was at your sister's house and i had colored tortilla chips i had one blue chip and oh my god i was like worried for my health <laughs> I don't need blue chips that badly, people. Really, keep them tortilla colored. <laughs> tortilla colored. <laughs> Which is like how I should describe my skin tone. Tortilla colored. <laughs> tortilla colored. <laughs> flour tortilla. Color. Flour, yeah. Not corn tortilla, but flour. If I were a spice, I'd be flour. Same. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, you can listen to the spiel at the end of the episode. Find us on social media. Rate, review, tell your friends. And see you next week. Yeah, see you next week. Bye! Bye. Thank you for listening to Murder Mystery. Theme song by Luella Gren. Logo by Lexi Wilson. New episodes air every Sunday on Apple, Google, Spotify, pretty much everywhere you get your podcasts. This podcast is currently entirely self-funded, so in order to keep it going, we really rely on word of mouth. So if you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, review, and of course, tell your friends. If you have questions, corrections, or location and story suggestions, you can email us at murdermysterypodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at murdermystery. And don't forget to join us again next week.